0: Shining a light on the ruthless forces across the aisle and rising for a brighter future for all of us. This is Mornings with Zerlina. Welcome to Mornings with Zerlina. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. Joining us on the phone is the former spokesperson for Ukraine's President Zelensky, Yulia Mandel. And she is the author of the brand new book, The Fight of Our Lives, My Time with Zelensky, Ukraine's Battle for Democracy and What It Means for the World. Thank you so much for being here this morning.
1: So Lina, it's such a pleasure to be here and to talk to your audience. Thank you for having me.
0: So I was just talking to our national security analyst about, you know, what's happening on the ground. Um, but I, my first question to you is, as somebody who is so close to the president um, for the beginning of the invasion and the uh, beginning of the war, um, are you surprised uh, at, at Ukraine's success in the last week alone, I mean, it is awe-inspiring to see um, the heart of the Ukrainian people and military in fighting to protect their own nation and country and democracy. Um, and it's like it's an underdog story, but it's it's really not. It's about the fact that when you when you really have something to fight for, um, you know, the heart is is endless. I mean, what is your reaction to the just the last week alone?
1: Uh, well, the Ukrainians all over Ukraine celebrate these achievements. Uh, this is something that we had been waiting for a long time, for this long, long six months of terrible events in our country. And uh, yeah, you're right. It's actually uh, something that we were motivated for. In fact, it is very ungrateful to predict the war, but mm. every Ukrainian in my country, we were ready every moment to stand against Russia's invasion. We me and now my husband we made this principal decision not to leave ukraine at all like we were trying to do everything because we had the feeling if we stay in ukraine we are connected to this land we are more powerful and we will do everything to fight russians back so of course we are celebrating these events hugely
0: of course i mean i think it, it's the kind of thing where you know we were just discussing sort of how russian troops are there's been historic corruption within their military. They're dropping weapons and running away. And it, it just feels like, you know, the difference is that you are fighting for a purpose that is larger than, you know, one, one leader's ego. I mean, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today is you worked closely with President Zelensky, and I can't think of two people that are more different. <laughs> <coughs> Understatement, but I can't think of two people that, you know, are, are so different in, in their leadership, in their vision for their country, in how they see their role, how they see what they do. I mean, Putin is a dictator. President Zelensky is the leader of a democratic country, and you were the spokesperson for him in a, in a moment of turmoil. Can you talk about the differences between them and, and how President Zelensky has risen to the occasion of leading his country through this difficult period and this invasion?
1: Uh, yes, you're right. I think they are just from different dimensions. They have different worldviews, and uh, Putin has started so many military conflicts and wars in post-Soviet region just to try to prove that he is a strong leader. Though I think this is the last proof that can uh, be about the leadership. Uh, Zelensky uh, started his presidency on trying to achieve peace in Donbass that Putin had invaded uh, back in twenty. And he really devoted himself to this. Like he was traveling to Donbas zone where the military actions uh, had been held like for many, many times, more than to any other region in Ukraine. And he was never afraid to go to the front lines, even if there was any shelling, to to handshake people uh, with soldiers and you know, to stay with them if there is shelling to show them that the leader is with them. And that was something that mattered to every Ukrainian matter to those soldiers who were fighting for for uh, ukraine against russia back then um they had only one meeting and during that meeting i saw that putin he was outdated he had Uh, outdated behavior, outdated ideas, the way he spoke, it was all outdated. And I understood at that moment that Putin was the past. Of course, nobody knew that he was preparing, you know, maybe had in his mind the preparations to invade Ukraine. Zelensky, instead, was the one very diplomatic at the meeting and was very persistent uh, on his ideas to uh, lead to some achievements uh, in Donbass at that moment it was actually the meeting for uh, peace negotiations where France Germany Ukraine and Russia were talking about achieving peace it was in Paris uh, back in December 2019 and that was the only meeting after that negotiations Putin never agreed for another uh, meeting and let me explain why because everybody considers that if he is such a strong person a dictator uh, people think that he is good in negotiations but in fact it's wrong for the last 23 years he never negotiated anything he just orders and expects that mm-hmm. people without any contradictory will will follow these orders will do what he wants so during negotiations he really didn't feel himself comfortable he was asking his advisors for the information he was putting his eyes down you know he was feeling un- uncomfortable even sitting in the chair um so they are from different dimensions and I. Think personally that Putin is the person who actually made corruption a part of Russian identity. He established corruption as a part of Russian identity, and that's why they are using right now one of the biggest reasons.
0: It's it's so fascinating to have this conversation just after we talked to uh, Joe Serenzioni because he said the same thing <laughs> about a yeah. uh, Putin as 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 sort of giving you know laying out demands and then expecting people to do them as opposed to really being this, you know, savvy, savvy strategist and, and negotiator, as you said, he's not a negotiator. He's not negotiating. Um, one of the other things that I, I read um, that you said about the beginning of the war was that you didn't think it was going to happen. Can you take us back to that period before the invasion actually took place? Because you like so many other people in Ukraine, um, you know, you'd heard the news, you'd heard the headlines, but you really didn't think that Putin was going to invade. Um, and again, we were just talking about Brittany Griner, like Putin knew he was going to invade, but Brittany Griner mm-hmm. didn't. Everybody's moving around as if, you know, there's not an invasion about to happen. But Russia knows this whole time. I mean, what was happening in that moment um, that made you think that it, it may not happen, that, that the invasion may not go forward? I think I'm,
1: in this case, a representative of many Ukrainians and living now in Ukraine and talking to many of them, people still say they cannot believe it happened, though they went through all this active phase of war and the attempts of Russia to um, attack Kyiv and uh, attacking, you know, different parts of the country, not only East and South, Um I think my personality was divided because on one hand, my logics were saying just prepare to the war and I had some uh, emergency luggage done, emergency bag as you want. Yeah. And on another hand, you know, you feel everyday life it's like life of a civilized 21st century you're you know having job technologies around like the world you know is fighting in any means for being more democratic it's really hard to believe that someone comes in 21st century to your country and it's something that we see in horror movies mm-hmm. we see it, it, in the history about the worst things that were happening during the Second World War, during Holocaust, you know, or famine uh, at the beginning of the 20th century. And that's exactly what he's doing. So he's like repeating the worst practices uh, at the, of, of the beginning of the last century. So that's why being, you know, a person of 21st century, it's really even now hard to believe it's happening. But we are seeing that and we're experiencing that. And many of us lose their friends, people whom they know and have their families. Under threat, um so yeah, this is the reality that Ukrainians live in right now
0: it's It's just really hard to hear, but also, like I want to remind everybody that we were all living in a global pandemic also, <laughs> so like you know that wasn't you were also living through this period that is a difficult period without a war happening um for everybody on the planet um, and now you have to deal with a dictator um committing war crimes um. Uh, which are being documented as we speak. When when you think about, um, you know, the thing that you are fighting um, as a country and as a people to protect. I mean, what is it about Ukraine before the invasion um, that makes Ukraine special? That that makes you love your country? And and in in what ways are you fighting every day? And the people who are fighting even you know you, you work in in sort of the messaging piece but i i always see that as something that's complementary to the fighting on the ground is the is the message that is coincides that fighting you're fighting for something um what are you, what do you see as that thing that you're fighting to protect you
1: know i think um I'm very happy that my book, The Fight of Our Lives, is coming out right now. I think it's very timing because it's the time when people um, pay attention to my country. And in my book, I'm actually explaining um, this very difficult, very chaotic path to democracy. But I'm very proud these days that Ukraine has appeared, has turned into the biggest territory of freedom, the biggest territory of democracy in post-Soviet region. Um we had what to fight for. I will tell you that one person whom I know very closely and who is on occupied territory right now told me that when Russians arrived to her home, she told me, "You know uh, we never thought how much we achieved, and now it's clear that we achieved really a lot. Mm. It's very easy to compare
0: right, because they're there to take it away, right If you had not gained something, um they would not be." Trying to take it away from you, um, and it, it wouldn't be. They wouldn't see it as a threat to the to well, their yeah. the existence of. You know, Putin Putin is Putin's very afraid
1: anything. of any democratic mm-hmm. uh, way because he has developed such a strong autocracy where nobody is a threat to him personally and to his leadership. So, of course, he is very much afraid of any democracy. Though to achieve this democracy, we really had a lot of fights inside. Right. We gave such a fight to uh, corruption. And I'm not saying that we are perfect, but we were fighting it. And we had a really big fight against oligarchs. Uh, this, th- that actually represent the system of monopoly where uh, you know uh, other people do not have opportunities but Zelensky was the leader in fighting oligarchs and I'm explaining this in, in the book a lot mm-hmm. uh, but also I was fighting as a journalist for instance um, as a journalist I had uh, these stories when my investigative show was shut down because of censorship and I was sued for the article about corruption and my channel was put on fire when when I was there so you know, I also experienced mm-hmm. a lot of fights, but I'm still a journalist because I believe still you give a fight, then you actually identify yourself. You have what to fight for. You have the values to fight for, and that's what Ukrainians are fighting today.
0: Absolutely, one of the things I also was thinking about um, before this conversation is the ways in which President Zelensky was able to m- communicate to all different countries in the world, at the beginning of the invasion, um, obviously virtually, um, and, and in some cases, I mean, reporters and, and some folks were able to travel to Ukraine um, to meet with him in person. But even at the beginning, I'm, I'm thinking back to a number of speeches where he was speaking to a different audience and he would tailor his message to the audience he was speaking to. Um, you know, if he was talking to the United States, you're you're talking about um, democracy and authoritarianism and, as you mentioned, autocracy and um, it felt like each different speech was tailored. Um, can you speak to um, how that came about? I mean, you know, how how the thinking um, happens behind the scenes um, to come up with a message during a moment of crisis um, that is so tailored to the specific audience in order to evoke support and, I mean financial support, military support, all of the support um, in the moment that Ukraine needs it the most.
1: Well, you want some secrets, right?
0: But I don't Just know some, uh, yeah. that you can share. Don't, <laughs> you don't have to tell me all, all, any of the I, good ones. I'm not
1: sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, this is a very secret way. But what I know from uh, President Zelensky's behavior, first of all, he literally controls everything that he is going to say. Like he is the one to come up with the biggest ideas and the biggest metaphors that impress the world. He is the one to come. Uh, he has like huge experience in this, and for him, it's very important to know what he says like he feels that this makes a lot of impact that the word is very important these days especially Mm -hmm. when we see how Russia weaponizes the word and the second which is his uh, peculiarity is that he usually uh, collects the people and listens to different points of view this Mm -hmm. is like his his way of learning right except the whole uh, enormous uh, amount of information that he gets like in form of report you know or messages like from general staff or you know calls uh, from from all the people he also has the meetings and he literally listens to people who have even contradictory ideas and vision and that's how he he sees where we actually stay um uh, yes it's very important for him to shape his message personally and that's why i think that all these speeches were so so impactful and so important for the world
0: they were impactful um at the time, they still are. They're, I mean, I think um, in, in the history books, they will be. But we're not even at the point where we're writing a history book because this is very much still a story that is ha- not a story. It is an, an event that is happening still. And the fighting is happening every minute um, we're speaking. Is there anything that you, as a member of the mainstream media here in the United States, I think it's really important for me to think about the way that I'm doing my job As I'm talking about world events, um, is there anything that you when you watch coverage of the mainstream media? As we're talking about the war, is there something that you're yelling at your TV that you're like, I wish they would be saying this. (laughs) I wish they would be covering it this way. That isn't right. What they're saying Um, when they're hyping up Putin as a master strategist, that seems to be overhyping. it. I mean, are there things that are missing from the mainstream The mainstream media's coverage of the war in Ukraine, um, you know, give us give us some tips. I have a pencil and I'm going to write them down. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Look, I think that Ukrainians, they don't feel being victims. We we Mm. never felt victimized. We are probably targets for Russia. But we are not victims, we are the fighters. And I know that many Ukrainians, they are embarrassed by uh, the fact when the most prominent uh, media, despite of the fact of how good work they do, uh, they put Russia as the center of their idea. And like we met these things when people were forgetting that we are regaining the territories, (laughs) but that we are taking the territories that Russia is holding. I mean, we are retaking the territories, right? So never to forget that that you know, never to forget that Ukraine is fighting there on our territory and fighting against the big one of the biggest autocracies and one of the most unpredictable and aggressive uh, countries in the world these days. And I'm sure that being like the biggest territory of freedom and democracy, Ukraine would like to be the leader in post-Soviet uh, region. I know that previously all the media were having their offices in Moscow, and of course that shaped in many ways their vision because they were. Seen everything through the uh, models that Moscow was building, uh, trying to present the post-Soviet space. So these days, per- perhaps Ukraine is going to be uh, uh, the home for the offices of many media. And we know that the Washington Post and the New York Times have already opened. So we are very welcoming to if you want to come and open the office <laughs> in Ukraine. Seriously, yeah. Ukraine. <laughs> But, but 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 seriously like uh, the american media and the western media has done such a great job and i'm i'm personally very grateful and uh we would Ask you to feel us as reliable partners, and you know to stand with us to the very end. Because when Putin weaponizes the world, or the world, you actually provide this battle in the most, in the efficient and the best way. Uh, I'm talking so much about this in the fight of our lives uh, book mm-hmm. because uh, President Zelensky um, was very concerned about uh, the, the the way how information was flowing from Russia, how Russia was trying to get into people's minds and people's hearts through their propaganda, through their media. So I think that the Western media is actually a very equal uh, fighter for this. And together with Ukraine, we can achieve biggest results. And who knows, maybe we even can fight back the disinformation and find the ways uh, to stay, uh, to, to, to make a good information hygiene, you
0: know, mm-hmm. to Absolutely. really
1: make this clear.
0: Yulia, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Thank you for for everything that you have done to date. Yulia Mandel, um, former spokesperson for for President Zelensky and author of the brand new book, The Fight of Our Lives. My time with Zelensky, Ukraine's battle for democracy and what it means for the world. Everybody should definitely pick that up immediately. Um, Thank you so much for being here. Please stay safe. Thank you a lot. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Listening to Mornings with Zerlina? Check in for new episodes every weekday.